Blog Talk Radio.
What a beautiful, beautiful song. I absolutely love that song, and it is so fitting for my beautiful host tonight, Jennifer Butler's program, Pioneering the Frontier. She is certainly doing that for the kingdom of God, and she's always ready to go, trusting God when he speaks to her and letting the spirit lead her. We welcome you on tonight on Reaching Out Radio International where we're working together in love and unity, in one mind, one accord, as a body of Christ, sharing the gospel into the world. Tonight, Jennifer has an amazing program set up for you. She's got some amazing women of God with her. And I'm excited to hear about uh, Jennifer Foster's ministry and everything going on. And just excited to see what God's going to do tonight, because we believe in letting the Spirit lead. We never go before, and we always obey God and what he leads in. So welcome on, everybody. I'm going to turn it over to your host tonight, Jennifer. God bless you, ladies. Have an awesome program tonight. Blessings. Thank you, Montel. Thank you. You're welcome. I'd like to introduce everyone that's listening to Lisey Jones. Lisey Jones um, is also an amazing woman of God, and she's going to come on, and she's going to co-host um with me on the Pioneering the Frontier radio show. So, ladies and gentlemen, Lisa Jones, say hi. Hi, everyone. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, tonight we have Jennifer Foster. Um, she's a dear friend of mine and an amazing uh, woman of God, uh, my sister in Christ. And it's just such an honor and a blessing to have you on the radio program with us this evening. Thank you so much. I am excited to share and to be on with you. I guess tonight the tables are turned. I'm usually the one doing the interviews tonight. I'm the one being interviewed. <laughs> well, I we definitely are told her we're going to pick her brain. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. We're excited to have you and and, um, you know, you're such an inspiration to so many people. I think a lot of times you don't realize how you inspire other people higher to really reach mm-hmm. out uh, to the higher call that God has for our lives. And um, you've really touched my heart in a way and, and so many other people. Um, I just want to, you know, lead with asking you, you know, what was, what was your childhood like? So I actually grew up in a Christian home. My mom and my dad were uh, missionaries. They went to Bible school together. And when my sister uh, was about a year and a half, I was almost three years old, the pastor of the church approached my parents, letting them know that a opportunity had opened up for them and if they would like to be missionaries in Guatemala. So they agreed, and they moved to Guatemala. And we were in Guatemala for about six years. Uh, we worked as church planters in Guatemala. And then um, there were some, some issues and some things that happened. And my dad ended up backsliding and leaving the ministry. And so my mom and my dad divorced. Um, and then uh, we moved back to my, my native country, which is Costa Rica. And we just lived with couple of aunts um, here and there until my mom was finally able to get a house uh, for us to live in. And it was it was a very poor house. We were very, very poor. Um, any garage here in the U.S. would make our house look like a palace, literally. 
it was just mm. kind of a extreme poverty type of conditions in the third world country that we lived in. But through it all, the Lord was faithful. He connected us to an amazing prophetic and apostolic church. Uh, I got a prophetic word at 13 years old about <laughs> walking in the Joseph anointing, which I had no idea what it was going to be about. But mm. um, when I was a, a teenager, I backslid. My mom had remarried, and we had moved to the States. And I, I completely backslid, started going my own way. And then when I became finally, I, I got into uh, my my late teens and became an adult, I just full-fledged went completely into the world. But, yeah, so. <laughs> mm-hmm. Quite something. But I just thank the Lord for his grace, you know. Um, mm-hmm. When I was. 20 years old, I had an encounter with the Lord. It radically changed my life. I, I went to a conference um, for young adults, and, and, you know, the Lord spoke to me there uh, in such an amazing way, and he told me that he had called me to pick up my father's mantle. And at that time, my dad was not in the ministry. He is now. But my dad was still in the world, and I wanted nothing to have with church. I wanted nothing to have with Christians because I had been so hurt by the church. But the Lord knew that as I would heal, that message would come to bring hope to other people that had been hurting church, that had been uh, let down by, by pastors and by people in the ministry. And so after much arguing with God and the Lord always having the last word, <laughs> I mm-hmm. said, yes, Lord, your will be done. And um, here I am almost 20 years later. Wow. What an amazing testimony to share about, you know, God's grace. And, and um, no matter how far we go, that he's still there with open arms to embrace us and and to um and to pull us back into him. Amen. Amen. And Amen. you know, the thing is that one thing I will always always tell people is that no matter where your children are, never give up praying for your children. I was completely wayward. I was doing drugs, I was sleeping around, I was uh getting into all kinds of things that I shouldn't be getting into and my mother never stopped praying for me. Never. She kept praying and she kept praying and she kept praying. And it took several years for my eyes to be open to just how how broken I was. But mm. in the midst of all my sin, in the midst of all, all that, I would still cry out to God when I was, I was in extreme trouble. And the Lord would get me out of that trouble time and time again. And then I would just go right back into it. Because there was a void in me. See, I knew yeah. God as God. But I did not know God as Father. And so I was seeking for all this affirmation, for all these things to fill a void and to give me purpose, and I could never find that anywhere. Mm. 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 That's the beautiful thing of, of the Father's love, of, of our Heavenly Father's love, is that um, He does cover us even when we are in the world. He still He pursues us, and He chases us, and He... He longs to have us in the kingdom. Um, so when you were out in the world, I mean, like, could you just, like, feel him sometimes? Just, like, um, just, like, calling for yeah. you? Or did you have any experiences before you went to the conference? 
I actually I had a, a very bizarre experience uh, one time, and I really, really feel like it was the Lord opening my eyes to what was out there as far as the supernatural. One night I was laying in um, in my bed, and I lived in California up in the Redwoods. I worked for the California Conservation Corps. So we had these dorms that were literally, they were containers. They were almost like like train containers they had made into three rooms separated by, by two walls. And I was just sitting there, and the container was completely empty, and I was really late at night. And I opened my eyes, and I saw a person. She looked just like me, and she walked across the room, and she looked at me, and she kept walking and went out the door. And I did not know what had happened. And to this day, I am not sure, was it a demon, was it a spirit, was it what? But I wasn't afraid. I wasn't afraid of the supernatural. I wasn't afraid of anything. There was something in me that had a confidence not to dabble into things. So I shouldn't be dabbling in because I was still scared of demons and all that. But that I, I wasn't afraid of, of things that were not explained by natural means. I knew in my heart that God was a supernatural God. Always know how to ask him questions, how to seek out what was legitimate and what was counterfeit. And because of that, I ended up getting into something really strange, which is called the Book of Nod. It's supposed to be some kind of strange book that is uh, almost like secrets of the Bible that were not written in the Bible because they were a little bit too taboo. And I had a boyfriend that was really very much into the occult. And sometimes he would talk to me, and I could see his eyes glow. Um, and his voice would change. So I believe he was demon-possessed. Uh, but I went through some extreme deliverance um, after I, I left him. Uh, the Lord healed me of so much because whatever he was dabbling in, that thing ended up latching on to me. And sometimes I would have nightmares. Uh, I would just... Uh, feel like there was something behind me following me. I couldn't go into places that were dark because I would I would always suddenly just get scared. But when I went through deliverance, the Lord just lifted all that off of me. And he did so much emotional healing in me because that man was extremely abusive. Uh, verbally, not so much physically, he never hit me or anything like that, but he always belittled me, always made me feel like my opinions were not valid, like I was crazy. And if anybody would disagree with him, he would just ridicule them and he would just make them feel really horrible about themselves. So I dealt with a lot of uh, brokenness for many, many, many years. But there was something that would happen every time I would turn on worship music. It's like this peace would just flood the room. And I would start singing out to the Lord. And it was just me and him. And there was something that would connect to my heart. It was like Holy Spirit was there. As soon as I turn on the the music, whatever it would be, just the atmosphere would shift, and then this overwhelming peace would come over me. But then as soon as I would turn off the music, I would go right back to feeling defeated, to feeling afraid, to feeling low and beat down. So the Lord, Mm -hmm. definitely, there were many supernatural experiences that I didn't understand at the time, but I understand them now. That I realized yeah. that my call <laughs> in the area of worship and why the Lord would allow me to feel his presence when I was doing those things. Yeah. So at that time when you were going through some of the more what I would consider rigorous trials in your life, how um, 
did you feel that you were pushed beyond your capabilities even at that time? Um, and how did you rely on God to over, overcome those challenges um, as you faced them? Well, this is what happened. Um, I I ended up getting promoted at the place where I worked at. I was uh, what they called, I was a, a salmon conservation specialist. And basically what that means is that you are someone who is almost like a park ranger. I would go into the woods and I would climb into creeks and I would build uh, wooden structures to protect salmon from predators. And, and so I specialized in that. I knew how to build the structures. I knew how to run a crew. I knew how to do all these things. And I was only 19. So because I was a woman and because I was so young and I had already been promoted to something that had taken people many years to achieve, there was a lot of jealousy involved in that. And uh, mm. some people started inviting me to go out, and I ended up going out drinking one night. And I ended up getting extremely drunk, so much so that I could not walk back. And on that night, when I was extremely drunk and I had to walk back because I had no way of getting back to the center, everybody saw me. And they reported me to the main office. And I got put in Alcoholics Anonymous. But because I was so proud and I refused to see myself as an alcoholic, even though that's what I was, I was literally drinking everything. I ended up leaving. I packed my stuff up, and I said, no, before I packed my stuff up, I was just angry, and, and I said, well, what am I going to do? What What am I going to do? And then I ended up going to church that Sunday. I went to a little Methodist church, and something that really spoke to me is that when I walked in, the the one preaching was a woman, and her name was Charlotte Bear, <laughs> and she had bright red curly hair. And she preached a lot like um, Catherine Kuhlman, her style and everything. She wore this long robe, and I was just mesmerized. I, I mean, I had been brought up initially Baptist. I didn't even know the women were about to preach, you know. I was like, wow, how is she up there? How can they allow this? She's a woman. But something in her message connected to my heart, and I wanted to do things right. So I ended up leaving the center, um, and I ended up going back to to my mom's cabin. She worked for State Parks at the time, and she said to me, I'm giving you a choice. You either go back out there by yourself and ruin your life, or you're going to take all your stuff, come with me, and we're going to move to Florida. We're going to start over. What do you choose? And I told her, I want to start over. So we moved to Florida. Uh, where we, where I live now, um, and that's where a pastor took interest in me, and he knew that I had a calling upon my life, and he decided to send me to that conference where I ultimately had the encounter where the Lord called me into what I'm doing now, uh, ministry in, in the nations and evangelism. So, but it was quite a process. <laughs> it is a, it is a process. I think a lot of people. Um, you know, they may be listening tonight and just thinking, you know, something may be resonating with them because I know when I was out in the world, I can look back and I can see how God was speaking to me, even in my time of misery or my time that I was, you know, out doing things I should not have been doing and all the trials and tribulations. So um, if someone is listening tonight, like when you 
when you went to that conference and you had that radical encounter, did you did you just like automatically feel God's presence when you walked in, or um, was it just the atmosphere? Did you just start feeling Him call you, or was it was it familiar to you? Um, maybe feelings that you had during the time where you knew He was there with you while you were still out in the well, world. The thing is, just when it, when when I was out in the world, I knew God was real, and I knew I knew the presence of God to an extent. But when I right. went to that conference, um, those people—I had never been around those people. Those people were so consecrated. They're from the International House of Prayer. They were used to doing twenty-four-seven prayer and fasting around the clock, three sixty-five. I had never been around that kind of atmosphere, and the atmosphere was so thick that I could literally feel it. There was a shift. When I walked in, I almost felt like there was warm, almost like I had walked into an oven. The presence of God was so hot and so tangible, like my skin literally tingled as I was walking through that place, and I knew something was different. And Lou Engel was there uh, that weekend when we were doing the conference, So, and it ended up being a hybrid of the youth conference and the cult. So what Lou did is that he felt in his heart to call young people forward uh, to marry Jesus. And when I went to the banner, we did like a, like a traditional Jewish ceremony, and I walked under a banner, and I married Jesus. And I literally oh. felt married in my heart. I felt like there was a commitment. I felt like something had taken place, and there had been a shift. And then that night, um, he started calling forward people, and he said, the Lord is going to reveal to you your calling. And when I call this out, you are going to know that you know that you know that this is your calling. And, you know, I was still a little bit skeptical because even though I had come from a uh, church that was, you know, Protestant and everything and believed in the kids, there was this a whole other kind of supernatural. I'm like, what is this? I had not ever heard of words of knowledge. And now thinking, how are you going to know? Like, how do you know? Somebody's supposed to tell you. Do you ask your neighbor? Do you have an, a, a <laughs> ticket under your seat? Do they call right. you by name? Is it by last name? What is it? And he started calling forward people. He said, okay, well, businessmen and businesswomen, get up. And I see all these people started to get up. And I'm like, what is going on? Is this rigged? What is it? And all these people kept going forward, kept going forward, kept going forward. And then he got to... Okay, now I'm going to call forward musicians and worship leaders, come forward. And I went to go get up, and I was glued to my seat. And I looked around, and I'm like, what is going on? I don't know how to do anything else. All I know how to do is sing. So I have to go forward. But the more I would try to stand up, it was almost like somebody was sitting on my lap. My legs were made out of solid cement, and I could not move. But then when he said, he called for, he said, fivefold ministers, pastors, preachers, evangelists, apostles, prophets, missionaries, come forward. Stood up so fast, and I ran to the front, and it was almost like there was somebody pushing me from behind. And when I got to the front, I looked around, and I'm like, how in the world did I even get here? Like, I don't even know how I got there. And then all of a sudden, I turned my head, and I had this open vision. And in this open vision, I could see this woman that was standing on a on a platform and some kind of crusade in a dual country, and I could see her preaching, and I could see her prophesying, and she was waving her hands frantically, and I could look out on the crowd, the crowd and the crowd, they looked like they were either from India or Pakistan or something, they were dark-skinned, but they were not African. 
And I could see this woman doing this. And it was almost like it was a little bit fuzzy, but it was starting to come into focus. Uh, and when she turned her face, I saw her face, and it was in my face. And I wow. said to God, I said, no, no, I am not. No, my dad was a pastor. I know what he did. I know what this entails. I don't need the persecution. I don't need the backlash. I am a woman. I don't need this. I am comfortable with my life. I'm not going to be a pastor. I'm not going to do that. He said, but you're not going to be like your father. And I just cried and cried and cried and cried and cried. Because that's the one thing that had kept me from stepping out and fulfilling my calling was the fear of falling into the same failures and following the same pattern that my dad had gotten into. Because my dad had grown up so poor that when he received all this money every month from the missionary, my dad just literally went nuts. He didn't know what to do with all this money, but the ministry was not thriving. So he decided to close down the church and keep receiving the money. And when my mom found out what he was doing, that he was embezzling money, she got so mad that she ended up leaving him. And we went back to my country, and we were expecting everybody to you know, feel bad for us and receive us and restore my mom. But instead of restoration and love, what we received was judgment. We received a lot of rejection. We received a lot of betrayal. And that had so wounded me that I wanted nothing to do with the ministry. But when the Lord said, you're not going to be like your father, that took a weight off of my shoulders that I didn't have to be like any one specific preacher, that I was just free to be myself to step out on the word of the Lord and that he would do the rest. So that, that's how. <laughs> mm. You know, I, I just love um, when we're able to be so free to be able yes. to be, um, and it's very transparent. Uh, I think it's so important right now for all of us mm-hmm. to uh, to do exactly what you're doing this evening, Jennifer, um, sharing in transparency, you know, the things that we've gone through so that mm-hmm. others that maybe don't know the Lord or maybe are, you know, wavering in their faith or maybe they feel like they're just alone, that they yeah. can see the trials that we've gone through. And mm-hmm. they will see the light of Jesus so much more because we yeah. become um, relatable and it builds yeah. relationships with others. And they don't so much look at us as um, coming from a point of perfection. Mm-hmm. We just are just like everyone else. You know, we've all gone through trials. We've all gone through tests. We've all gone through ups and downs and you know, it really blesses me to hear you share so freely. Um, it really, uh, and everybody that knows me, <laughs> I talk a lot. So for me to not have very many words, just to be in awe to hear your testimony um, and to share, um, even when it almost brings you to the brink of tears. Yeah. yeah, because it shows everyone that's listening. Hey, listen, I, I'm just like you. This yeah. is what I've been through. But we have a God that loves you so much that yeah. wants you to do so much more. 
And if we Mm -hmm. just keep our eyes focused on him, he's going to bring us through every situation. He's going to bring us into the plan and purpose that he had for our life, even when we were wayward. The testimonies that I've heard over the past month, even on the prayer line that we have Monday through Friday, you know, has kept me so in awe that no matter what we've been through, God has been in it all. And how much truer the um, scripture rings in my spirit um, that God is working all things together for the good of those who love him. And it just brings me to a point where, you know, that scripture, it's like a a deeper meaning. There's like a Mm -hmm. deeper uh, way that it's touching my heart. Mm -hmm. Listening to um, how no matter what you've gone through, to see where you are now, to see what God is doing in your life. And, and to even walk with you as friends and as sisters in Christ and know mm-hmm. the trials that we've even been through over the past three years, yeah. you know, following him mm-hmm. doesn't make it either. He, easier. Um, he never promises us in his word that there won't be trials. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that stays true is his word. Mm-hmm. And you mm-hmm. know what? The, the one message that I believe that radically transformed my way of seeing God more than any other message that I had ever heard because I had, I had been beat over the head a lot with a lot of religion and a lot of condemnation and a lot of things yeah. said to me because of the way that I was living when I was in the world and people, oh, you're going to go to hell, you're going to go there, you're going to, you already know those things when you're in your sin, you already know those things when you're not living for the Lord. So when That's I went right. to that conference, I heard a message that I had never heard a message anywhere. This message was completely new to me. And it was the message of the Song of Solomon and how Jesus is the bridegroom and we are his bride. And how even though in our darkness, we are still lovely to him in our shortcomings, when our love is not perfect, when our love is immature, when our love is just many times flawed, how he looks past us and he looks at the gold and he chooses to get his hand dirty in the midst of the field just to dig out that little bit of gold and bring forth the good things in us that are there placed by him in the first place. And when I heard that message that you are the bride of Christ and he loves you so much already and that's what empowers you to love him back and to be obedient to his word. That changed everything because it was no longer about my perfect anything. It was no longer about how perfect I could be, how great I could do this, how awesome I could obey that because I had struggled a lot. You know, I would fail and I would beat myself up and then I would put myself in probation for three, four months because I was just so broken and so embarrassed and ashamed at my failure because I was saying, well, you grew up in a church. You've been going to church for a while. How can you fall into that same thing over and over again? But that message of the bridegroom loving me, even as I was maturing, even when I wouldn't choose him, that he was always there waiting for me, 
that even when I would turn away, he was always still sitting down, just waiting for me to come back to the table and speak to him. That did something to my heart, that it was no longer about my perfect attainment. When I would fall into sin, I no longer had to go and hide. I could go to him and face him, even in the midst of my shame and in the midst of still feeling dirty from what I had done, because I had several addictions. They had it took several years to, to break. I was addicted to pornography. I was addicted to cigarettes. I was addicted to cussing. I cussed like a failure. You would never know that now. But I had such yeah. a dirty mouth, and I had this constant horrible, just terrible mind traffic. They would just constantly, 24-7, literally, just dirty images going through my mind because of all the things that I had been through all those years. And when I went through deliverance, the Lord lifted all that off of me in just a couple of sessions. But what really empowered me to be able to go through the deliverance was the knowledge that even though I was still struggling with those things, in the midst of all that struggle, he still chose me. And because he chose me, no matter how dirty and how unworthy I felt, that empowered me to try over and over again, no matter how many times I fell down. I never stayed down because I knew that even when I was faithless, he remained faithful. Yeah, that's powerful. That's powerful because I think a lot of times um, we kind of can get lost in the idea that for God to use us, we have to be perfect or our life has to, um, you know, everything has to line up and be, you know, in, in, in order. And, you know, we just, we get in the idea of, you know, nothing can be wrong with us. I mean, you know, you know, the stereotypes of Christians are perfect people and everything is just wonderful. And that's not the truth. Um, you know, even like you said, even in the, um, even in our brokenness, we are still perfect in his eyes. You know, we are, mm-hmm. he still wants to use us. He still, he still, he sees the finished product. He sees where he's taking us and he knows that he's going to mm-hmm. take our the broken vessels that we are and he's going to use us in mighty ways. And even when we stumble and fall, his grace covers us. And I, I hope that if there's someone listening tonight and, some of this is resonating with you that if you're in your broken season and you're hurting and and you're thinking that you cannot be used by the Lord, I hope that Jennifer's transparency and her, you know, her testimony is speaking to your heart and you just realize that God wants to use you too. Um, and think about how far God, you know, can take us just when we surrender. So I think my next question would be, um, when did you start realizing that um, what your gifts were, like you were a prophetic psalmist? When did you start um, resonating what actually your call was or how God was going to use all your brokenness, how he was going to start pulling you into the ministry that you have now? Mm-hmm. So the realization about the whole prophetic uh, song really came through a season of brokenness. Um, there was a uh, a close family relative um, that had been uh, behaving inappropriately towards me. And I couldn't get away from him. I was stuck in the situation because my mom and I were out of money. And there was just no place for us to go. And I was already part of the worship team. I was already serving at the church. 
and this man was touching me inappropriately. He was being inappropriate towards me, and I felt completely trapped. And uh, one Sunday, I was up in the in the tower in a in a prayer tower, and I was just crying and crying and crying and crying before the Lord and telling Him, Lord, I want to serve You. I just want to be free. I just want to get away from this man. I just want to. I, I cannot stand to look at him. I cannot get away from him. You know we're stuck in this situation. Lord, deliver me. Deliver me. Set me free. And then I I said amen, and I went downstairs, and it was time for us to, to go forward and lead worship and, and do all that. And I was just singing back up. I wasn't leading the songs or anything like that. But at the end of, of the worship, um, when the last song began to to kind of wind down, out of nowhere, these words came out of my mouth, and I began to sing out this prophetic song that I had never sung before. And the words were completely foreign to me, but I felt them almost like when you get baptized in the gift of tongues and you feel that bubbling up and then it comes out of your mouth. That's how yeah. the prophetic song came out. I, I couldn't, it came, it rised up in the middle of my stomach and then it went out my mouth and it sounded, my voice even changed found in tune and everything, and I just began to prophesy the song of the Lord, and everybody just began weeping, and everybody in the building was weeping, and I was weeping before the Lord, and that was the start of the prophetic song, and it has been a journey of 18 years, and some seasons I would have a lot of prophetic songs, and then the Lord, uh, all of a sudden in 2000, and um, 17, the Lord shut that down. He said no. And the prophetic songs stopped. And I was so broken, I didn't know what to do. And I began to seek him and seek him and seek him and seek him about why, where did the songs go? And then he started giving me prophetic dreams. And then I would have all these prophetic dreams and I would write them down and then I would share them with friends and I would share them on Facebook. And then the season changed again and the dreams went away. And I was puzzled. I said, I thought we, we had moved on to dreams. What happened? You took away my song. You, now you take away my dreams too? And then he started giving me visions. And then I would have these, these visions. I would be in the shower, and all of a sudden this movie would play in front of my head, and I would have this vision. And then I would know by the Spirit what the vision meant, what all the symbolism was about. And so there was like a, a nine-month period that literally it would be like two months one thing, two months the other thing. And the Lord just took me through this thing over and over and over as he began to develop me as a prophet. That, you know, many times we get stuck on the, I'm a prophet, I'm an obby, this is how the Lord speaks to me. But the Lord is so much greater than even our own abilities or our own natural knowledge about someone else's circumstances. And he allows us to go through these seasons of what many times seems like a frustration in order to get us to stop leaning on the arm of the flesh and to start leading into him for more understanding and more revelation. And I felt that the more that I leaned on him where I was leaking, where I did not understand, the more he was able to set me free and to touch those around me, not because I was an expert at this prophetic thing, but because I was so leaning on him and I was so reliant on him that his Holy Spirit didn't come through. That person that was waiting on the other line for the word didn't know what to do. So yeah. I just hope that that encourages someone, that it doesn't come always in the most 
wonderful fanfare type of situations. Many times the place where the Lord calls us is in the midst of darkness, in the midst of brokenness, and in the midst of what many times seems like a crisis. It's where he chooses to shine his light and to redeem us out of a bad situation. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love I love that. I love how in the and and I'm gonna go back to this probably several times because this is a key that I've been hearing um the Lord say is like the key is to share your transparency. Be transparent mm-hmm. with your trials because in yeah. your brokenness it allows others to see how he fills you up and he shines out of us. He fills us up. He makes us whole. He heals us. And as you were speaking, I kept being reminded of Song of Songs 8 and 7 and how no matter what we've done, it says in in this verse, it says, many waters cannot quench love, nor can rivers drown it. And there's so much love that he has to offer us. And even in our brokenness, when we get to the point where we feel like we're getting ready to break down, he's there and he wants to heal us and he wants to make us whole and he wants to wrap his arms around us. And he says, you are mine and I am yours. I am yours and you are mine. I am the bridegroom and you are the bride. And I love you so much that I'm not going to leave you where you are. And you can come to me exactly where you are. You don't have to be cleaned up. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to um, have it all together. See, I love that saying, you know, we may not, what is the, it's, um, it's like a family saying, uh, we may not have it all together, but together we can have it all. And that's what I hear the Lord saying. We may not have it all together, but together with Christ Jesus, you can have it all. He tells us through his word that he will supply all of our needs. Yes. And he will. We just have to be willing to be transparent with him. And even when we don't feel comfortable you know, in the beginning, you know, we may not feel comfortable in sharing our testimony, but there's someone who already knows what our been through and our go through and our gone through is. Right. And that is the Lord Jesus. He is always us. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He has always been there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's waiting for so many. And he's waiting with open arms to just embrace you and say, child, I love you. Yeah. I love you. Even in your mess, I, the Lord God, call you blessed. Mm, That's right. Mm -hmm. Broken vessels shine the most light. Yes. Broken vessels shine the most light. It's our trials and tribulations that give us character. It's our trials and tribulations is where we find our connections. It's our 
and our brokenness and our misery, that's what bursts our ministry. And a lot of people, I think, don't understand that. So I'm really hoping that someone out there, this is, this is touching you to let you know that even in your ministry, in your misery, God is about to birth your ministry in the name of Jesus. And, and like Jennifer said, he never leaves us or forsakes us. He pursues us. And he, you know, no matter how many times we fall, he's, he's there to catch us. And his, his grace is sufficient. You know, the Bible says that his grace is sufficient for us. And sometimes we don't understand that. But if we're always on the top, we don't understand what that grace really means until we're on the bottom. And it was on the, mm-hmm. the bottom seasons that I became at the end of me that I realized exactly who Jesus was and it's such a beautiful testimony that you have Jennifer that you know just the way that you talk about it and the even the gentleness in your voice it just kind of I don't know it's soothing to hear it's like you have the the love of the father just flows through your voice so I can I can see how he has mended you and how he has taken all that rejection and the betrayal and the hurt and the and how he's just, you know, turns it all around for your good. And it's, and it's just beautiful to hear, hear you tell your story. Yeah, when you share your story, it just exudes hope. And, yeah. uh, you know, it reminds me of Isaiah, you know. And um, in Isaiah, I believe it's Isaiah 35. And it, it talks about a hope for restoration. And, and at the end of that chapter, it talks about how, um, I'm trying to remember exactly how it said. I believe it says, those who have been ransomed by the Lord will return. They will enter Jerusalem singing, crowned with everlasting joy. Sorrow and mourning will disappear, and they will be filled with joy and gladness. And I believe that as we listen to your testimony, that's exactly what he did with you, Jennifer. He took you. He ransomed you. He said, I am your Lord. And you've entered into his courts with praise and thanksgiving, and you've been crowned with this everlasting joy. If anybody, if you don't know, Jennifer, I can testify. We laugh all the time. I know this radio sounds like we're <laughs> we're really serious and very somber but she is so full of joy she's so yeah. full of joy and I just love um even when I am having something that I I, I really need prayer for or you know just because we are on the radio or because we minister doesn't mean that we don't have things that we reach out to our brothers and sisters and and ask them to pray for us. Um, And and every time I reach out to Jen, it's like I can hear, even though she may not come forth and say it, but I can hear her saying, turn that down upside down, you know, and that's how much joy, (laughs) even when she prays for me, it just comes out. Like, it's like, that's what I'm hearing the Holy Spirit say, even as she prays for me. And I just love the joy that you exude and, and the life that you live and how you are not just talking the talk, you walk the walk and you exhibit those Christ-like behaviors no matter where your foot trods. And that's why in this season, he is accelerating those things, those promises, those prophetic dreams, those things you wrote mm-hmm. down in journals three, five, seven, ten 10 years ago. And he's mm-hmm. saying, 
job well done, good and faithful mm-hmm. servant. I am going to give you the things that you, your heart desires. And it's because of how you reach out to others. It's because of how when you speak, it's just so fluid and it's so um, so soft. And it, it, it's just amazing to hear, um, hear you speak and, and just provide hope. It just really, really exudes hope out to those who may be wavering in their, their faith. They may... Um, be going through something really hard right now. I, I believe, you know, across the United States of America and across the world, we see so many people going through, um, you know, such hard times, you know, it's just such hard times. And although um, in this season, what most would consider as isolation, we've been preparing. And I be, I yeah. believe that that's what the Lord has been doing with all of us um, is yeah. just, putting us in a season of preparation to do exactly what we're doing right now. Mm-hmm. You know, he, we started from the bottom, but now we're here. Mm-hmm. We haven't arrived. We're still on that road of transfiguration, piece by piece, mm-hmm. little things coming off as we walk with our eyes focused on the father. Mm-hmm. And I just mm-hmm. am like, so, you know, it's really taking my breath away, I, and I tell this <laughs> to many people. He he keeps us in such awe because even though I've known you for uh, maybe four years now, maybe five years, even though I've known you that long, I still there are pieces of your testimony that I had not heard, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Yeah. it has me in, it has me in awe of what mm-hmm. the Father can do when we choose. We choose of our own free will to surrender our lives to him. Yeah. And it really is just such an honor to mm-hmm. um, to know that you trust us enough to say, hey, look, I'm going to share this with you because I want you to see what the Lord has done for me. Yeah. And when you take this trust and you place it in the hands of the Father, he can do this for you too. Yeah. And yeah. it just speaks <laughs> it just speaks uh so big. <laughs> it's mm. for lack of better words, it just speaks um so big. I don't want to yeah. say loudly because you're so soft spoken, but it just speaks <laughs> um so big. Uh and I I just um I'm really taken aback hearing um even more of your testimony. So I, how do you, with everything that's on your plate, with mm-hmm. ministry, um, and I haven't even gotten into, but I would love for you to talk about uh, Mashi and what you're doing uh, okay, via mm-hmm. television. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. how do you balance everything? Like, how do you balance so many demands on your life with your being um, a mother and a wife and your ministry, how do you take all of this and balance it so well? Yeah, well, please you know, tell. I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm incredibly blessed with a husband that supports me so much, and I just thank the Lord for him because he, he knows that I am cold. So he doesn't try to get in the way. He doesn't try to put me in my place. He cheers me on 
he allows me to do the things that the Lord has called me to do. And then I also, what I what I try to do is that I try to keep a calendar of the events that I have coming up continuously because I'm usually ministering nine times out of ten. It's in another continent. So there's usually anywhere from five to nine hours difference. So I schedule my time and my day accordingly to leave enough time for my family, for my husband's days off. I don't schedule any meetings on his days off. And then I try to do everything early in the morning. That way my children can have me for the rest of the day and I'm not overly tired. And then late in the evening is when I do my team meetings with my CGTV and we talk about all the things going on and all the projects coming up and we kind of bounce forth ideas back and forth and we kind of share what the Lord has put on our hearts regarding the ministry. But it really takes a lot of discipline, but more than anything, it takes a lot of grace. You know, there is a song from Vineyards. I believe it's from about the, the mid to late 90s, and it's called Good to Me. And the lyrics of this song have spoken to me for so many years because it says, I cried out for your hand of mercy to heal me. I am weak. I need your love to free me. Oh, Lord, my rock, my strength and weakness, come and rescue me, oh, Lord. And then the, the bridge goes to say, you are my hope. Your promise never fails me. And my desire is to follow you forever. For you are good. For you are good. For you are good to me. So that when we cry out to him in the midst of weakness, when, when we go into a season where the Lord begins to promote us and we are unfamiliar with a lot of the things he entrusts us with, we have to lean into the Holy Spirit for wisdom. We have to lean into the Holy Spirit for understanding. Because oftentimes, when the Lord opens the door, we may not know everything that we're going to end up doing. In, in nowhere in the Bible does it say when David became king, he was an expert. He knew exactly how to run the palace. He knew exactly how to run the kingdom. No, he did not. He was mm. a simple boy. And we many times mm. think, oh, when we get promoted, we're going to have this supernatural knowledge of how to do it all. No, we do not. And so as mm. the Lord promotes us, the Lord begins to open up new doors. That is a place where we need to lean into him even more for heaven's strategy. The reason why Joseph mm. was able to be so successful as second in command is not because he knew how to do everything in Egypt, but because he so leaned on Holy Spirit. He had understanding and knowledge that everyone else didn't have access to. And that same wisdom that, that Joseph had, that same wisdom that Solomon even walked in, it's available to us if we simply humble ourselves and lean into the Holy Spirit in the midst of our, of our weakness and tell him, your promise never fails me. And I want to follow you because you are good. Hmm. Yeah. I can hear you singing that too. <laughs> you are. Yeah. Good. yeah. <laughs> and I'm not a singer. Jennifer's the, the worst singer. <laughs> um, but, you know, but it is, you know, it, it is when we, and, and, and this is going to maybe sound a little cliche, but Proverbs 3 5 through 6, it's, you know, it says, lean not unto our own understanding, but to acknowledge mm-hmm. him in all things and he'll direct our path. And right. every time I read those scriptures, 
I hear him say, I've got this. Amen. And it's so, so comforting to know that we can surrender it all to him. And even in those times where maybe we're not as knowledgeable of certain things and we're still trying to figure it out, we can fully surrender it to him and he's going to guide us. And little things may have to be tweaked one way or another, but Mm -hmm. he always Mm -hmm. makes a way. We always are leaning into him because when we fully surrender, um, even the prayer line, when we fully surrendered it, took it over. I mean, you know, by the time we were through um, the first month in June, God had supernaturally booked all the way through the end of October. We're booking November. Like that's something that we could not have done on our own. Amen. You know, that even, I mean, I know that's something smaller, but um, just trying to uh, give an example of how mm-hmm. when we, we surrender um, mm-hmm. and we just take that one step of faith, we take that mm-hmm. even a small step of faith closer and closer to him and not mm-hmm. trying to figure it all out. We don't have to figure everything out. We just have to lean into him, get into the word, really, um, you know, not just take it figuratively that he is the living water and we drink him or the wine and we drink him and the bread of life, but really just getting into the word and going deeper with the Lord and saying, okay, Lord, we open ourselves up to you as vessels to be filled by your knowledge by opening up the word of God. And then he directs us and he gives us everything. He there's blueprints that will be given to you and and I keep impressing upon people because the Holy Spirit keeps impressing it upon me to write Mm -hmm. everything down and make it plain. Mm -hmm. Even if it is you know, a scripture from Genesis, then a scripture from Isaiah. Mm-hmm. And when you go and you read them back to back and you're like, oh, wow, this was exactly what I needed. I prayed, I asked you, you guided me to your word. And this is the answer that I was craving. And it came straight from the word of God. And the directions mm-hmm. come straight from the word of God. But it's the Holy Spirit prompting us. And I mm-hmm. love, love the scripture that if we're going to worship God, we worship him in spirit and truth. Right. So there's right. things in life that occur. There's things in life that happen. And he draws us back into his word. And it's mm-hmm. lined up and it's matured. And then he gives us, you know, everything that we need. It's right there and it's already written down. We just have to follow his lead. Yeah. Right. See, there's, this is the thing that I have learned over time is that, you know, many times people will tell us, well, if you're going to be this, if you're going to be that, if you're going to make it in ministry, if you're going to make it as a prophet, if you're going to make it as whatever, you have to read this book, you have to do this, you have to do that. And I wouldn't recommend that people not read certain books and stuff like that. But truly what has helped me to literally be able to stay the course and to walk out my calling. It's what I call winging it in the spirit. 
Mm. And what is winging it in the spirit? Winging it in the spirit is Holy Spirit tells you, do it. And you're literally going on a wing and a prayer saying, Jesus, if you don't catch me, I will fall on my face. And it's in those Mm. moments when I know that I know that I know that I have no idea what I'm doing, but the Lord says, do it. And it sounds ridiculous, Mm -hmm. and I know I'm not qualified, and I know I didn't go to school for this. I have no idea who these people are. I go into a situation, oh, what is the word of the Lord? And I have no clue. And then the Lord gives the word. The Lord does what he does because he is faithful. It's in those moments that we have no control, and Holy Spirit takes over, where we're able to go to another level in the spirit. And he builds up our confidence, you know, because many times when we begin to step out in the gift of the Spirit, we begin to do it like babies do, you know. People don't end up giving the most amazing prophetic words accurate all the time at the beginning. At the beginning, it might be more like, you know, I have an impression in my heart to share this with you and then, you know, see what Holy Spirit says. Does this resonate with your spirit? And as you begin to get more accurate and you begin to understand how Holy Spirit flows through you more and more, the more he's able to stretch you and the more you grow from just taking baby steps to walking, to running, and then to going to marathons. But no one starts doing a 5K. We all start in a journey of the Lord entrusting us little things here and there. And the more we're faithful with those things, the more he's able to give us. Amen. 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 So we are about halfway through the program, and I'm going to have Montel come back on, and we're going to give everyone just a little bit of a break. She's going to play a song for us, and um, I believe she'll do that here in just a few moments, and we'll come back on, and we will ask you, Jennifer, what is the Lord putting on your heart now for the people what is he revealing to you for such a time as this? Mm-hmm. Amen. Can't wait Amen. to hear it. Hallelujah. <laughs> Now and then, an old friend of mine I've not seen for some time Will stop by and ask me Where have I been? What's on my mind? They wonder why I'm not drinking And still painting this old town red I tell them I'm serving Jesus now And the old man is dead And the man you see before you a lot the same I may wear the same clothes and have the same old name but you're looking on the outside 
you would see a brand new man Cause the old man is dead To live such a wicked life, I had no hope inside. I was lost in darkness, searching for the light. Then one night in a little church. After hearing what the preacher said I gave my life to Jesus And the old man was dead Love the same. I may wear the same clothes and have the same old name. You're looking on the outside. If you could Cause the old man is dead You're looking on the outside If you could see inside instead You would see a brand new man Cause the old man is dead And we are so excited to be on with Lisey Jones um, as our co-host and Jennifer Foster. Um, So, Jennifer, what is the Lord um, putting on your heart for the body of Christ? Um, What do you believe that um, in this hour that the Lord wants to reveal? Um, there's actually several things that I have on my heart. Um, one right now is that the Lord really wants to heal the inner child. There are so many people that are walking around broken, like wounded little children. And the Lord really wants people 
to come to him and to just be transparent. And we often get so used to wearing a mask because we're told that if we're ministers, if we're Christians, we need to look like we have it all together. And this is just the type of society we live in. There is so much judgment. And that's why we see people falling into cycles of drug addiction, even pastors being addicted to pornography, pastors' children committing suicide, being hooked on drugs, because there is so much judgment and so much intolerance towards people not having it all together. And I believe that we as the body of Christ need to become a safe place, not only for the prodigal, but for one another, that we should be loving people enough that when they come to us with their issue, our first thought is, oh, I can't believe they are doing this and that or dealing with this for this many years when they've been a Christian since, you know, God knows how long, and then they're still not over this issue. There's many things that take time to fall off of us. There is a, a thing called iniquity that um, happens when someone in our generation opens a door. And if that sin is not dealt with and cut off at the root, it gets stronger and stronger and stronger with each passing generation. And many of the cycles that we see people dealing with on a continuous basis, those things that do not seem to get victory over, no matter how many times they go forward for prayer, how many times they have their hands laid on them, those are usually cycles of iniquity that need to be broken. And as people remain in that place of surrendering, in that place of prayer, the Lord begins to peel those things off layer by layer. And what the Lord, I feel, really desires for us to do in this hour is to remain pliable to his hand and remain lovable to people, even if they hurt us in the midst of their deliverance, even if they hurt us in the midst of them trying to figure out how to walk it all out. Because, you know, many times we confuse the immature with the rebellious. And on the outside, they can look exactly the same. They can still be doing things that the world would do. They can still be doing things that they're not, you know, becoming of a Christian. But immaturity and rebellion are completely different. The immature says, Lord, I've failed and I'm trying to get out of this mess. Help me out. I don't know how. But the rebellious says, this is who I am. Take it or leave it. And we as the body of Christ needs to have more discernment that when we see people stuck in cycles of sin, we're not quick to condemn. We're not quick to judge. We're not quick to throw them away. But that we are there to love. We are there to restore. We're there to point them to the Father. And then we take them through that process um, of allowing them to come to the Lord, not as, Lord, here I am an adult with issues. No, Lord, here I am a child that was broken. Take me back to the beginning and heal me where this whole thing started. And if we're trained in deliverance, I always tell people, we have to literally take them back to that place, hold their hand, and ask them, when did this happen? Let's go there together. And then as they're, yes. they're reliving that situation and they're going through all those feelings, allow them to feel those things. Allow them to feel that pain. Allow them to go through that. Allow them to detox spiritually. And as they go through that, we tell them, okay, now in the midst of this thing that you're seeing, 
a scenario. It almost plays like a movie in their mind. We tell them, okay, now find Jesus in the crowd. And when they see Jesus in the crowd, that sets them free in such an amazing way. And, you know, in, in the midst of it all, we need to realize that Jesus has always been in the midst of the crowd. Even when we felt that we were abandoned, even when we felt that he didn't care when we were being abused, when we were being raped, when we were going through all these things. Jesus was always in the midst of the crowd, and he's here now to deliver us, even as adults. We don't have to remain broken little children. We don't have to remain scared. We don't have to wear another mask besides the COVID mask. We don't have to pretend. We can come to him and receive love, receive redemption, and receive restoration from everything we have ever been through. Yeah, when you were um when you were first speaking, uh <laughs> you know, there's a, a book called the Proverbs thirty one woman and right. it was given to me many years ago, but when you started speaking, um, it just reminded me of Proverbs twenty two, how a lot of times uh true humility, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. how we need to remember to have true humility and a holy reverence for the Lord. And as we do that and we're learning how to how to do that with him, it's the same thing that we need to do with one another. So, you know, we we come to one another in humility, um, reaching out to one another in transparency and all of a sudden, those gaps that were once bleeding are healed. We feel the love that we desire to feel, um, that tangible presence of the Lord. We, we have that desire to have that relationship with him. And we take those things and we apply it to our relationships. We don't look down on another I remember um, a time where we went over to downtown Roanoke and um, I was led there by the Holy Spirit through my son who was six or seven years old. And when we got over there, we sat on the curb eating this jar of peanut butter and talking to this woman who, to the natural, had nothing. She was homeless. She was sitting outside in the hot, hot sun waiting to get a room and not even promised that she would have shelter for the night. But she had so much faith. And I held myself together. My son sat there and talked to her. They hugged her. They embraced her. And when we packed up to say goodbye, we got into the car, and all I could do was cry all the way home. Yeah, because as we sat there, I realized, wow, my humility was not so real. Mm-hmm. It was mm. like at that time I had such a false humility. Wow. And she, her faith, she had more faith in her pinky finger than I thought I had in my whole body at that time. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Because here she was on the curb to us, and there was just like a, there was a light in her eyes. And as she shared, you know, her testimony with us, it really put my faith to shame. And not Mm. in a bad way. It was a good thing. You know, it was a good, good thing from a good, good father. Mm. And a reminder, you know, that we need to not be so judgmental of those that are in a place that we have been delivered from. Amen. We need to have true humility. True humility. Not just a false self-absorbed humility where we are feeling like we are walking in righteousness all the time that we Mm -hmm. cannot humble ourselves to reach out to someone who may not look like us or may not be at the same place as us or may not have been going through deliverance like we've already gone through. But truly, truly having the heart of the Father mm-hmm. in order to express and to um, allow him to shine through all of the things um, that we go through. Yeah, it's important to let people to understand that we heal from the inside out. You know, mm-hmm. what you said was very profound is when you take people through things, it's just allowing them a safe place to unload. Um, and like, you know, Jennifer said, you know, not being, you know, coming from a place of, um, righteousness or authority or I'm up here and you're down here and um, shaming them without saying a word. Um, I think a lot of people don't realize we can say more with our body language and our eye mm-hmm. contact or let our less our we don't make eye contact or we walk on the other side of the street or you know we avoid you know people that we assume are not um, where we should be or where we think they should be but you know, mm. allowing them that space, just treating someone like a human being and saying, you know, in spite of where you are, I love you, Jesus loves you, and, you know, just um, just sharing a moment sometimes is all somebody needs just to give a spark of hope inside of them and just to start that healing process that, you know, I am a human, I am loved, Jesus does love me, and there are people that will come alongside me. And help me walk through um, this deliverance to walk through this healing because it's it's messy and it hurts. Um, And it's not something that a lot of people want to do alone. And that's why a lot of people abort the process. Um, They go, you know, they, they abandon the process of healing and deliverance because they don't have anyone to help them through it. They don't have anyone to show compassion. They don't have anyone to say it's okay, you know. Um, to help them understand that, like you said, we have to go back to this place, but I'm going to go back to this place with you. And mm-hmm. um, I think that's that's very important that for people to understand that. Right. The realization that you are not alone in the midst of your process empowers you to get up every time you fall. You know, 
David was a man after God's own heart, not because he was a perfect man, because he made many, 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 many mistakes. But the reason yeah. why he was a man after God's own heart is because of his transparency and his willingness to tell the Lord, I know I failed you, but even though I failed you, that does not change the fact that you are good and you are still faithful even when I'm not faithful to you. And because mm-hmm. of your faithfulness, I'm going to praise you even though I messed up. I'm going to believe you even though I know that I don't deserve your mercy. Because no matter what I do, that does not change who you are. My sin is no issue to your goodness. My sin does not stand in the way of how good you are. It does not change your character. The fact that I am flawed does not somehow change the terms on which we stand because you are perfect. And because you're perfect, I can trust in your goodness, even when I'm following mm. the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's good. That's good. And I, you know, I, I love that. I love that there's been times where, you know, I can ad- admit and testify to you both. You know, I have laid in the floor and and cried out to the Lord. I even... And, and this is a little bit embarrassing to share, but it's the truth. I I have at times looked probably if somebody was watching me like a two-year-old throwing a temper tantrum, you me know, too, because girl. not, yeah, not because things weren't going my way, but because I and the natural couldn't see a way that things were going to work out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I I would lay in my floor and I would lay prostrate in the floor, face down to the floor, crying out to the Lord, I don't see a way. And he would say, I am the way, the truth and the life. And you need to put it in my hands. Surrender it all to me. And when I felt you know, with our, with my emotions, I was, I felt like I was breaking down, but right when I was on the verge of just really having severe breakdown, that's when God <laughs> broke through every mm. single time. And mm-hmm. that is how he is. He, when you say that God is faithful, he is faithful. He yeah. is faithful. He will pick us up he will Mm -hmm. dust us off he will clean Mm -hmm. us up set us on a firm foundation and he will say follow me every single time because Mm -hmm. we face trials look at what's going on in the world right now we have trials all around us right now there are things that are happening in this world that are detestable right now. And there are so many of us who remain um, steadfast in our faith, steadfast Mm -hmm. in our prayers, steadfast in in knowing who God is and what only he can do. And he hears us crying and he hears our petitions and he hears us when we feel like there's no way, yeah. but his word is a constant reminder that just 
despite the circumstances, whatever yeah. we're going through, no matter mm-hmm. what, he is truth. He is mm-hmm. true. And his promises are yes and amen. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when you're at your lowest point, he's just saying it's time to begin again. Amen. Yes. Yes, yes. It brought me to Psalm 34 and 18 that says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. It's when we come to him, you know, like you said, um, Jennifer, when we come to him with a a sorrowful heart and we just say, um, like David, over and over, no matter how many times he made a mistake, he always just came before the Lord and said, Lord, I'm sorry. You know, and God always forgave him and picked him up, and he just got up and kept going. It's like I think a lot of times we don't, we want to wallow in it, and we want to just, you know, yeah. allow it to become part of our identity. When all God is saying is, no, you know, we're gonna, we're not gonna stay there. It's okay to get in the floor. It's okay to have a fit. It's okay to, you know, to do those things. But you got to get up, and you got to keep one foot in front of the other, and keep moving because we have things to do. And that, that's the best thing um, to me with the Lord is like during the healing process that he's taken me through, every single time I've gotten to the end of me, every single time I've gotten to that place of frustration, every single time I didn't think I was going to make it another step, that's when he stepped in. He's like, okay, you've repented. You understand what happened. Now get up and let's move forward. And we, we okay. always come up stronger, stronger every single time. So um, during the healing process, is there something particular, like God is giving you like a particular word or um, where someone needs to begin, or um, you want to expand on that just a little bit more? Yes, yes, for sure. Um, Give me one second. Okay, Okay, um, okay, sorry, I didn't know if I was on mute or not. So okay. <laughs> the, the main issue, yeah, because my kids kept coming in, so I wanted to make sure it was quiet. Um, the the main thing is this, that the Lord wants to really get down into all of us is the fact that you are not rejected. You are not rejected. Yeah. You can mess up. You can fall down seven times, but you are not rejected. And it is not your job to put yourself on temporary time out until you feel like you're good enough to earn my love. Because that's yeah. humility and that works. The Lord wants to set us free from, you know, forgiveness through works. It's not through works. We are saved to do good works, but we are not saved because of good works. We are saved because of him. And yes, he wants obedience. Yes, he wants us to be perfect, that he is perfect, but he also understands that it is a process. He also understands that we are but dust. He realizes that we are nothing without him. And when we fail, when we fall short, he wants us to go back to him and tell him, Lord, you are good. Even if I still feel, you know, sin many times, you know, we think, Oh, I can't, I can't go up to him right here, and I'm still feeling the shame, I'm still feeling the pain, I'm still feeling the the ache, the sting of sin. When you know yeah. you felt it, and you, that's the moment, that's the last moment that you want to go to him. It's like when a kid breaks something, oh, run to your dad and tell him, I know you're a good dad. That is the last thing you want to do when something is broken and you're standing there holding the pieces. You want to hide, you want to run. 
But that is the moment when we need to run to him the most. And not wait until we feel something in our emotions that tells us, okay, now you're okay with him. We're okay again. You don't wait to feel it. You go directly to him knowing that he's good regardless of how you feel in the natural. And you push past those feelings of shame. You push past those feelings of rejection. And you allow him to pour his love on you. And if you allow him to pour his love on you in the midst of you feeling unworthy, that empowers you to be obedient more and more and more and to hide from him less and less so that you can walk out victoriously and not live a life of compromise and hidden sin continuously, which is what many people do. Yeah, that's good. That's good. So I hope that there's mm-hmm. anyone listening tonight and um, you've been feeling that you are unworthy or you've been feeling that um, you have done something and there's just no possible way that you can come back to the Father. I hope tonight that you have received hope and that you have an understanding that God loves you with an everlasting love. And it's not, as Jennifer said, it's not who you are, it's who he is. And it's not mm-hmm. what we've done, it's what, what he can do with what we've done. And when we come to him with a sorrowful heart, how he just takes all of that for us. It says that he throws our sins um, away as far as the east is from the west. And that you just come to the Father tonight and, and just repent. Just say, Lord, I'm sorry. You know, I messed up. And then watch him begin to work miracles in your life and create a ministry out of your misery the same way he has hers. I really pray and hope that um, these messages and her transparency and her um, willingness to share her heart has um, sparked something inside of someone because it, it really has. It's, it's helped me even in my life because, you know, there's things I'm going through and there's there's days that I honestly think I have blown it. Um, you know, I, I do. I mean, there's just some days I'm like, I've blown it. That's it. You know, I'm not going to recover from this. You know, I don't have the right attitude. I get into stinking thinking or, you know, whatever it is. And I'm like, that's it. I know there's just, you know, there's nothing that I can do now. You know, it's just over. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, God comes in and he's like, no, it's not over. Get up. Get over yourself, girl. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And get up and you know, set my grace. And um, for so long, I was doing things in my own power. Um, he, he plainly told me um, recently, you've been dependent on your independence, and now I want you dependent on me. So mm-hmm. everything you've talked about tonight has resonated mm-hmm. so deeply with me, just helping me even understand in my own walk um, the importance of staying in his grace. The importance mm-hmm. of realizing that it's not me, it's not what I'm doing or not doing. It has really, it has nothing to do with me at all. Um, that it really has all to do with Him, what He died on the cross for, what that represents, and how just to um, accept who, that we are not perfect, that we are being perfected, and it's mm-hmm. only through Him are we able to stand. So thank you. You have helped me, Emma. You've helped me a lot tonight. You really, really have. And I think the the biggest message that I was hearing through this whole uh, broadcast was trust. Yeah. Yeah. Because when you trust in the Lord, Mm -hmm. you will be kept in perfect peace. Yeah. yeah, And I believe it's in Isaiah 26 and 3. It says you'll keep in perfect 
cease. All who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. And as we fix our eyes on the author and the finisher of our faith, and we trust in the Lord, Mm -hmm. he will make a way. Mm -hmm. So, Jennifer, I have one more question for you. Um, Mm -hmm. I really would love for you to share about some of the things that you're doing um, I know that God is really expanding the tent pegs of your ministry. Mm-hmm. I would love for you to share a little bit about what you're doing now, how people can get involved with your ministry. Um, are there uh, ways that they can watch broadcasts that you're doing um, and where you put those on, what social media platforms you're utilizing? And then we're going to take a break, play one more song. And then we'll open up the line for anyone that's listening for prayer. Okay. Great, great. Thank you so much. So um, what I'm doing personally um, is that I am doing TV. I'm doing television through the Now Network, television network. And um, my husband and I have a show on Mondays at 9 p.m. And the show is airing right now in 83 different countries via satellite, and it's also available on Roku, on Apple TV, and on Amazon Fire Stick. So that is our radio program. It's a 30-minute program that is viewable every Monday at 9 p.m. Eastern. And then in addition to that, the Lord had me start doing an interview program on Facebook Live, which is an extension of Blazing the Trail on the Now Network, I've called it Blazing the Trail Live. And what I do is that I interview people from all walks of life. I have had people that were ex-gangbangers, people that were ex-pimps on there, uh, ex-bikers and gangsters. I've had people that were neuro, uh, neuroscientists, uh, neurosurgeons. I've had people on there that were counselors. I've had people in there that were business people. And I just want to give everyone a chance to share their testimony from a different perspective because we are all in a different walk. We all come from different socioeconomic uh, places. We're all of different ethnic backgrounds. Our upbringing was not all the same. Our culture is very different. And so I feel as I open this up for people and I give as much diversity as I possibly can, someone out there is going to hear a word that is going to encourage them and give them hope that there's a way out in the midst of their situation. And um, another thing that I also do is that I, I partner with different ministries. There's different ministries that I work with. Um, one of the ministries that I work with that I'm actually a part of is Masihi TV International. And it was started by Pastor uh, Innocent Victor, and he is from Pakistan. Like, he lives here in the mm-hmm. U.S. He lives in Texas alongside mm-hmm. his wife. And it is a media ministry uh, that is actually uh, scheduled to release their Roku, their Apple TV, and their um, Amazon Fire Stick channel coming up here within the next two or three weeks. We're very, very close. We're about 80% of the way there. And we should have our app live this Sunday. And it is bilingual content. Uh, It is preaching. It is teaching. um, It is uh, discipleship, uh, worship. 
we have prayer meetings on there. We have regular worship meetings. And then we are also working towards uh, starting an online church, which I'm going to be a part of as well. So I'm actually creative director over my CGTV. I handle all the communications and I do all the social media and all the creative work. That's what I'm in charge of. And I, I'm also uh, head over Latin America because Spanish is my first language. So that's what we do through my CGTV. And then every now and then um, – I also preach in other countries. I'm scheduled to preach in India on the 7th of August. And then mm. very soon, um, I have been invited that I'm going to be preaching in China. Mm-hmm. And so the Lord is opening different nations and different places. The moment I also travel, uh, wherever the Lord opens the door, I just go and I minister through song. I release the song of the Lord over the region, what Holy Spirit is giving mm-hmm. over that region and what he wants to do, how he wants to redeem the land. And that's mm-hmm. practically what I do when I yeah. go into a place. I, I lead worship, but if the host is willing and they allow me, then I will release what the Lord is saying over that place and what he wants to sing over the church in that region. And um, mm. it's, it's powerful. It's powerful because it's all Holy Spirit. I don't go in there knowing anything that he's going to say. I, I just go in there willing, and he does it all. He just does it all. I say, literally mm. just lay down my agenda. And I say, okay, Lord, what are you wanting to say? And I'll just begin singing, and then the song will come forth, and I no clue before I go in there, what he's going to do, what he's going to say. It's always him, 100% spontaneous, mm-hmm. winging it in the spirit, like I said. Um, <laughs> and so that's, that's basically uh, what I do. But my husband also, uh, he ministers alongside of me when he's not working. He works full-time right now, but when he's not working, he, he also preaches and teaches. He's been doing ministry for many, many years. Uh, mm-hmm. So when I was a, a teenager, he was already in full-time ministry because we're almost 13 years apart. So he's been in ministry mm-hmm. since the early 90s. Um, mm-hmm. And we've just worked in, in anything and every kind of ministry. We've done uh, youth. We've done children's ministry. He led an inner-city children's ministry in Denver for, for nine years. And he had many, many, many salvations through that ministry. And then presently mm-hmm. we both uh, co-lead the Fire Ministries International, which is the umbrella ministry over Blaze of the Trail, over all the things that we do to media. It's the Fire Ministries mm-hmm. International. So that's our, our, main, mm-hmm. our main ministry. Is that. Wow. That is amazing. Um, I just want to declare uh, a few scriptures just back to the Lord and and just to thank him for all that he's doing and then we'll have Montel she'll come on and she'll play a song and we'll open up the line for a few minutes for for prayer for anyone that's listening so I after listening to all of this the Lord is just really um, bringing me into the book of Isaiah so um, out of Isaiah 26 verses 12 through 15 you know, over you, Jennifer, over Lisi, myself, over the ministries, um, over our nation. But it, those verses read like this. It says, Lord, you will grant us peace. All we yeah. have accomplished is really from you. Oh, Lord, our God, others have ruled us, but you alone are the one we worship. 
Though we serve before our dead, those we serve before are dead and gone. Their departed spirits will never return. You attack them and destroy them, and they are long forgotten. O oh Lord, you have made our nation great. Yes, you have made us great. You have extended our borders, and we give you the glory. So, Father, we just thank you. We thank you for what you're doing on this broadcast. We thank you what you're doing in our lives. Yeah. We thank you for what you're doing in our nation and all nations. Father, we thank you for protecting us, guarding us, and guiding us, Lord. We thank you, Father God. We thank you for giving us the breath in our lungs, opening our eyes to see as we lean our ears unto you to hear what you want us to do. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we love you. We give you all the honor, all the glory, and all the praise yes. in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Jennifer, are you ready for song break? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> okay. I was going to let everybody know that's listening on the Internet feed If you want prayer tonight, call the number 626-696-8607. Again, 626-696-8607 and press 1. That will put you in the QA and we will know you're wanting prayer. And we're going to open the phone lines up for prayer right after this song, What Mercy Did for Me.
Praise God. If that song doesn't move you, you might want to check yourself, brothers and sisters. Thankful for God's love, mercy, and grace, wherever we be without it. Phone lines Mm. are now open on Reaching Out Radio International. You're on with our beautiful host tonight, Jennifer Butler, and her co-host. Do you say it, Lisey? Is that how you pronounce it? I want to make sure I say it right. Yes, that's it. (laughs) Okay. And also a beautiful sister in Christ, Jennifer Foster. Wow, what God has done in her life. I love when people take the bandage off and, wow, they just share truth because we truly can be blessed from their testimonies and encourage us. So thank you so much, Jennifer, for doing that. Like, it blessed me so much tonight. I really needed this program tonight. So I thank you for your obedience. And I'm going to get ready, Jennifer, you do have a caller on the line. Um, caller with the first uh, area code 281, and the last four is in 0140. I'm getting ready to open your mic. Hello, Jennifer. Can you? Okay, you got it, Jennifer. Go ahead. Hello, Jennifer. Hello. Hello. How are you? Hi. I uh, am Larry Means. How are you tonight? I'm listening. <laughs> Hi, Thank, Larry. You. Thank you so much for calling in. I, uh, I'm i sitting here crying listening to your testimony. Right. Mm. And, uh, <laughs> you know, you, you've, you've all been speaking words about you have to be yourself. And, you know... <laughs> If it wasn't for that, I wouldn't be here today. And uh, God has told me, I'm driving. I, I've been driving the whole time I've been on the, uh, listening. And um, mm. God has told me, you better have a word for me. And it might not be tonight. You can call me later. Mm-hmm. But he said, you've got a word for me. And it's something that's been on my heart. And you're going to have an answer through him. And thank you for this testimony tonight. You and I, we've been connected quite a while here lately. And, yeah. But this is the first time I've heard your testimony. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's all about me, but now I heard your testimony. So I just yeah. want you to pray for me tonight. It's been a rough week. Yeah. I've, I've, I've been with family today and um, just... You know, I'm a little weak today. I've, I've seen a lot of things in the last two days. A man standing beside my truck was totally healed and stood up straight. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. And every every vertebrae was put right back in place. And the cartilage mm-hmm. was restored yesterday as I'm, you know, praying for him. And I'm exhausted, mm-hmm. yes. But I need a prayer from you tonight, if you don't mind. So, Father, we just pray for Larry right now in the name of Jesus. And I just ask you, Lord, for more strength and for more grace. Hallelujah. And I pray, Father God, that you would remove every dent from his armor, Lord. For he has been ministering to so many, Father God. His armor has gotten dented off, Lord. From the warfare, from the fight, Father God, and from the attacks of the enemy. So I pray tonight, Lord, that you would strengthen him, Lord. His inner man, Lord, as he has gone out of his way, Father God, to refresh so many. So I pray tonight that he himself would be refreshed, Lord. 
and that you would give him sweet sleep if he, if he lies down tonight, Lord. And then all these situations with his daughter, Father God, and all these other issues going through his mind, Lord, would not keep him from resting, Lord. But I pray, Father God, that you would just give him perfect peace as he lies down. That his daughter and his son are in your hands, Father God. And then all these other people, Father God, and even Esther in Honduras, she's in your hands. And then you are bringing all things, Father God. You're bringing all things into perfect alignment according to your perfect timing, Father God. And though he might want some things to happen right now, you're working out the details, Father. But all the other things that are working out behind the scenes that he doesn't see. I thank you, Father, for bringing things into order in every area of his life. And for allowing him to be at peace, even as he goes through that process of realignment in some areas, even as you're pruning some areas, as you're allowing some things to be pruned away from him, I thank you, Lord. I thank you that even when he doesn't understand or why you allow some things to happen, he leans into your heart even more. And in this hour, you're walking, uh, you're calling him to walk into some unfamiliar things. I thank you for more grace to walk out into the unfamiliar, Lord, like. Peter walked on the water with Jesus. I thank you for that faith, Father, that keeps his eyes on you, not on the waves, not on the water, not on the storm, not on the sound, Father God, and on the threats and the taunts of the enemy. That if he steps out on those waters of unfamiliar things and unfamiliar territories, you're calling him to step out into as a pioneer, as a trailblazer. I thank you that his eyes are steady on you. And he is unmovable, Father, not in his own strength and in his own ability, but in your grace and in his weakness. Your strength is made perfect, Lord. So I just thank you for his willingness to be a light in the midst of darkness and to allow his light to shine brightly. And that he has not allowed, Father God, the warfare to shut him down or to shut him up, but that he has been even more invested in going after your sons and daughters. And it, of telling people of your goodness and what you can do through a life that is surrendered to you. So I pray that you would open up even more doors for him, Lord, that you would give him even more opportunities to share his testimony and to be a blessing to those that are hungry and thirsty for a touch of your spirit. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. And also thank, you, also, thank you for the song, The Old Man is Dead. Yeah, just, so I, I was driving, and, and when it came on, the Holy Spirit just fell down over me because mm-hmm. the old man is dead. I love you guys, and, and I know you have others waiting. I'll talk to you later. Amen. Talk to you well, thank you, my friend. Blessings <laughs> to you. Love you. Bye. Bye. Love you too. Bye. Is there any more that want to call in? I know sometimes people get shy being live on the radio. Um, also, sometimes they receive prayer requests through Facebook. But again, the number is 626-696-8607. And I just, I really love how the Spirit's been moving through the program tonight. And you ladies all work so beautifully together. As they say, iron sharpens iron. And it just... It blessed me so much within myself to hear your testimony, Jennifer, and something that was spoke over my life through prayer and um, even with some of the ladies with Jennifer was that God was going to start giving me prophetic songs. And since God has been 
been a part of your life, I would really like yeah. for you, I just feel leading the spirit to pray over my life for that, for direction, and just for me to have understanding because sometimes we need mentored. I love to worship and sing, but it's been spoke over my life a few times here recently that God's going to start giving me prophetic songs and use that as part of a ministry. And that's where my heart's truly at is in worship and ministering through song. So, Father, I just pray for Mom Tail tonight, Lord. I thank you, Father God, that as she opens her mouth in obedience, your heart and your love pour forth from her lips to touch the multitude, Father, and to set the captives free. Thank you, Father God, that as she yields unto you, you're able to pour into her your word and your mysteries, Father God, your blueprints, Father God, and the declarations that are going to break change off of individuals and off of regions and generations. I thank you for that, Lord. I thank you for that break of anointing to flow through her, Father God, and through her song. I thank you, Father God, for that chain break of anointing, Lord God, that does not back down even in the face of the enemy. So I pray, Father God, for you, for you all to pour forth upon her lips, anointing her lips with that prophetic song that comes from your heart, Lord. That you would gather all those things, Father God, that she's been through. All those little pieces, Father God, of her testimony and of her uh, ministry and of her experiences. And you would sew it into a beautiful tapestry to bring forth, Father God, that beautiful song. And it's it's like in the spirit as I'm praying for you, Montella. This might sound funny, but this is literally what I felt. I was praying that I could literally see the Lord, like, taking these little tiny pieces of cloth. And then I could see, like, all these little tiny pieces of cloth being sewn together into, like, this long-looking sheet. And then as you were singing, the sheet was, like, flowing out of your uh, flowing out of your mouth. It was almost like a long rope that just came out, boom, flowing out of your mouth. And what the Lord reminded me of is when people are trapped, what do they do? They take the sheets and they tie them together. And they climb out the window into their freedom. That as you release mm. that people wow. climb out into their freedom. Hallelujah. It's like an open wow. door of freedom if you declare those things. Praise God. Mm. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Hallelujah. Jesus. I don't know if that resonates with your spirit, but that's literally like what I was seeing. It's like I was seeing it playing like a picture mm-hmm. in my mind. All these little no, pieces can... of you experiences. That's beautiful because that that has significance. One of my good friends actually wrote a movie called uh, The Tapestry, and it's been doing quite well. And I truly have understanding and what that truly means for all those pieces to come together. I was blessed in um, in his movie and the the testimony of that. So that's awesome how God gave that word to you because I completely understand the part of the tapestry so praise God for that and um, Jennifer Butler you have we have just a little over one minute well under two minutes until the streaming time um, ends but if you want to have some prayer on the phone lines um, like you ladies close out you do have a little bit extra time on the phone lines we just won't be able to take no more callers in okay so what I, I also um, as she was Speaking over you, I just want to speak this over you as well. Um, 
And, you know, we all know in part and prophesy in part. And as, as she was talking about all the little pieces um, coming together in a beautiful tapestry, the Lord uh, took me into Psalm 96. Psalm 96 uh, reads, sing a new song to the Lord. Let the whole earth sing to the Lord. Sing to the Lord. Praise his name each day. Proclaim the good news that he saved. Publish his glorious deeds among the nations. Tell everyone about the amazing things that he does. Great is the Lord. He is most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. The gods of other nations are mere idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Honor and majesty surround him. Strength and beauty fill his sanctuary. All nations of the world recognize the Lord. Recognize that the Lord is glorious and strong. Give to the Lord the glory he deserves. Bring your offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in all his holy splendor. Tell all the nations the Lord reigns. The world stands firm and cannot be shaken. He will judge all peoples fairly. Let the heavens be glad and the earth rejoice. Let the sea and everything in it shout his praise. Let the fields and their crops burst out with joy. Let the trees of the forest sing for joy before the Lord, for he is coming. He is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world with justice and the nations with his truth. And as she was talking about this tapestry that was being woven together, I saw it. I saw you swirl this tapestry around and you just put it over your shoulders. And Mm -hmm. as you put it over your shoulders, I heard you are my sister. You have a coat of many colors. And with this coat of many colors, I, the Lord, will guide you in all you do. There will be many that try to imitate what I have Mm. given unto you, but they will not replicate what I have put inside of you. Mm. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Do you want to close us out in prayer? Sure. All right, Father God, we just come to you tonight, Lord, just with with thanksgiving and praise. Father God, we just thank you for meeting us here, for covering the line, for for just for your love, Father God, for the for the joy of the Lord that we have that is our strength, Father God, for the grace and the mercy that is fresh every morning, Father God. We thank you, Lord, that in our brokenness, Father God, that we are beautiful in your eyes. We thank you, Lord, that you take all of our mess, all of our misery, and you create a beautiful ministry, Father God, so that we can reach back and help others. So, Lord, tonight, as Jennifer has poured out her heart, She has been transparent, Father God. We pray in the mighty name of the Lord that every ear that heard, Father God, will receive 
a message straight from you, Father God. And, Lord, I ask that you bless her in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, that you bless her ministry, that you bless her family, that you bless her husband in the name of the Lord, and that you keep increasing her tent pegs. And, Father God, as she pours out onto others, I decree and declare that she will have a never-ending fountain of oil poured back into her, Father God. Sure, vessel will never be empty in the mighty name of Jesus. And, Lord, I declare over Jennifer Butler tonight, Father God, Lord, I just thank you for my sister in Christ, Father God, for her strength, Father God, that she exudes, for her leadership, Father God, for her willingness to be obedient and humble, Father God, I pray a blessing over her in the mighty name of the Lord, that she and her boys will be taken care of every provision met in the mighty name of Jesus, that everything they need will be taken care of. It says in your word, Father God, that um, because of your riches and glory, Father God, we shall go without anything, Lord God. So let us call forth every plan and every promise you have for them to prosper them and to give them hope in their future. And, Father God, over Montel, I just decree and declare, God, that every every plea that she has set before you, Father God, every secret prayer that she plays in the secret place, Father God, will come to pass, Lord God. Only she knows what she's asked for you in secret, and I feel like she has a need. So, Father God, I'm praying right now in the name of the Lord that you'll meet every need that she has. Father God, that you'll bless her and her family and her ministries in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you'll give them favor with you and with man, Father God. And everywhere she steps, Father God, will prosper in the name of Jesus. And for those that are listening, the listeners, in the name of Jesus, I pray right now that you see and understand that God is your source in the name of the Lord. And that if you haven't surrendered, you will surrender and know that he is waiting with you with open arms. He's calling home the prodigals in the name of Jesus. And we just thank you, Lord, tonight for what you've done on this line, what you are doing in our lives, what you are going to continue to do in our lives. And we just ask these things in your name. Amen. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Lisa. Jennifer Foster, it has been such an honor and a blessing to have you on with us this evening. Yeah. And um, we are so excited to see what the Lord is going to do with your ministries that you are a part of in this next season. God bless yeah. you all. Thank you for joining us on Pioneering the Frontier. Thank you, everybody, for listening tonight to Reaching Out Radio International, where we're reaching out to be the hands and feet of Jesus. We all have a heart for the lost, for the broken, for those bound, and we have learned what it truly means to unite in love and work together in one mind and one accord as the body of Christ. When we can do that, no matter... As Jennifer was sharing from my husband and I minister to people all over the world, when we can have a willingness to love people, whether they're from Pakistan or whether they're from China or Japan, when we can just receive people with the love of Jesus, we can shine light into places we never imagined, and we can be used in ways we never imagined. And that's what we're about here on Reaching Out Radio. And it's such a beautiful, beautiful blessing to have such amazing women of God be a part of the ministry platform that God allows me to do. This is just a ministry God has called me to, to encourage others in ministry work and to open a platform up for us all to come together. So I truly am blessed in what I do. And I love all my brothers and sisters from every corner of every nation. And Father God, too, I just want to pray for all my sisters tonight, Father God. Lord, they all have many things on their plates, and having a young one and little Noah and being on a new journey with this 
beautiful baby you're allowing us to adopt, God. I know you have to find balance, God. And, Lord, it takes, as she said, discipline, dear God, and just taking and surrendering to you, God. Lord, just be with all my sisters as they go forth doing the work you've called them to, Lord God. Lord, bless them for their faithfulness, God. Lord, take them to places they've never been. Lord, just let them reach the lost, the broken, and the bound, God, that they may be healed, delivered, and set free, Lord, because they truly operate in the Spirit, Lord, and most of all, their obedience to you, Father God. Lord, just when people look upon their life, may they be called blessed for it. And, Father God, my beautiful sister Jennifer met a need in my dad and sister's life through her faithfulness, dear God. So tonight, Father God, I ask for a return blessing, dear God, that you will meet the need of her heir to be fixed, Lord God. Father God, because she didn't hesitate, God, she just walked forth in love and helped to meet a need through her faith and her prayer and bringing ministry friends together, Lord. So, Lord, put it upon people's hearts to return that blessing to her, God, that she can have air for her and her children, Lord God. And, Lord, just as Jennifer goes forth in her TV ministry, Lord God, Lord, just let there be millions of people saved and set free, God, and just continue to open doors for her. And, Lord, Father God, as Lisey prayed tonight, Lord God, I heard, dear God, she's a prayer warrior, and she has a true heart as she prays, dear God, for the people, dear God. Just bless each and every one of them. Thank you for this opportunity tonight, Father God. We just glorify you. We honor you, Father God. And and as we were talking about the song, Father God, the old man is dead, Father. When we come on to you, Lord God, we become a new creation in Christ. And, Father, we thank you for that, Father, that no matter what we've done or how far down we've fallen, God, that you're there with stretched out arms loving us to pull us back up and just help yeah. us to remind each other, dear God, that we're going to have days where we fall because your word tells us we all fall for the glory of God. But praise be to God for brothers and sisters that can give us a little nudge in love, dear God, not with judgment and condemnation, but just encouragement and love that we can get back up, Father God. And thank you for the strength, dear God, to do so. We just give you all the glory, the honor, and the praise in Jesus' name. And I want to close out with this song. I absolutely love this song. It reminds me of the day that I was at the altar and mercy said no. Glory, hallelujah. And my beautiful sisters, each and every one of you did such a beautiful job tonight. It's truly an honor to have you honored to be sharing. Thank you so much for your time, for your obedience, and just for your heart for Jesus. I love you all very much. Mm-hmm. Thank, Thank you so much. God bless you. God bless you. And Jennifer's program will be on again in two weeks. She's Her program's on biweekly on Saturdays at the same time. And I'm looking forward to seeing what God's going to do on her next program. And check out her prayer line, too. Um, amazing things, powerful testimonies coming forth on that prayer line. For a lot of you listeners that follow me, you can go on my wall and she uh, she shares things with me where each night where she's going to have prayer. It's just, it's beautiful what God's doing in that ministry that he birthed. So glory to God and God bless you all. Have a beautiful rest of the weekend and a week ahead. Good night, everyone. Good night.
Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. That mercy said no. That concludes our program for this evening. Again, God bless you all. Thank you for sharing this evening with us. And I just pray that this, this testimony encourages you and that the seed that's planted in your heart, you will just let the spirit lead you and guide you and you will bear good fruit. Thank you again, all you beautiful ladies, for the great job you're doing for the kingdom. And to all of our listeners, don't back down when God is backing you up. Amen. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.